The Locker Room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. Yes, indeed. His career was born in the aftermath of a crossfire hurricane. <laughs> well, 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 not technically a crossfire hurricane because a crossfire hurricane passes over a fixed spot and the, well, the wind changes 180 degrees. And... Oh, come on. <laughs> Explain it. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So, anyhow, Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> I was trying to do my best yeah, job yeah, for yeah, Sunday. Yeah, 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 it yeah. doesn't really work. But yeah. the fact is. Sunday. You were trying to do John Facenda. I was trying to. Yeah, I just, yeah, that, that wasn't, wasn't. It wasn't. No. That wasn't John. Who Facenda. can do Facenda? Yeah. Facenda's the greatest. Yeah, yeah. Right? He's the greatest of the yeah. great. Speaking of the greatest of the great, that would be Mike Webster, right. the greatest all-time Steeler as far as games played. Right. Certainly in, in our hearts, in my, my my heart, mind, he's the greatest of the great Steelers. But anyhow, um, Sunday, Big Ben steps under center for his first snap for the 221st game. With the Steelers, Chaluch, that's a big moment, right? Yeah, two hundred and twenty-one yeah. games. Yeah, and huh? uh, and you know he uh, is number one in games played uh, in the Steeler history. Uh, you know, Webby was uh, Webby was two twenty, and uh, exactly and fifteen that, seasons. Right, been in his seventeenth season now. Yeah, what a tra- I, you know what? A, here's a blessing, Chaluch. Think about this, you and me. Yeah. We've been there uh, live for every single game of Ben's career. Right, yeah. Is that not amazing? What a blessing that is and a privilege to us yeah. to be able to do it. That is so cool when you think about it. Um, possibly the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't know because, I, you know, you go back and forth with Brad. You go with Ben, you know. I yeah. mean, love them both, yeah. you know. But the fact is we were privileged to not only play with Brad but then to be able to broadcast every one of uh, – Ben Roethlisberger's games thus far. Yeah, and uh, uh, Ben, his rookie year went fourteen and one. Yes. Yeah, and or fifteen it, and one actually. Fifty-one, and he lost the AFC Championship game uh, to the. Uh, <laughs> you New had England to point Patriots. that out, didn't you? Well, remember yeah. the Ben mania that overtook the city. Yeah. You know, he went out and was doing a. I remember he was doing a signing at a car dealership up out, up past um, Mon- uh, Monroeville. Somewhere up there. And they said the cars were lined up for a half a mile right, to yeah. be able to come in and, and do something. And uh, let, let's face it, it's just been a tremendous career. You know, you think about it, you compare Brad and you compare Ben, obviously, but uh, along with Webby, and you think about it, Brad played 14 seasons, 168 games. And, of course, Mike Webster was 15 and uh, 220. Right. But uh, I love what, uh, you know, what Ben said. He says, I give the glory to God, and yeah. I attribute it to Jesus. Right. Keep me healthy and in yeah. there and able to take it. Because yeah. let's face it, you know, it's it's not about the mileage. It's right. about the, the terrain. The terrain's yeah. a little rugged. Yeah, yeah, and, it, and it's uh, about uh, the talent yes. uh, and the success. Yes. Uh, and, you know, Ben has had a lot of success. No question about two it. Two Super Bowl wins. Three uh, appearances. Yeah, three appearances. Two wins, but Brad, four. yeah. And four wins. I, I, you know, and Ben wants to uh, tie Brad. He does indeed. You know, and that's the thing about it. And one of the beautiful things was, by the way, we got to go to practice yesterday and right. watch the guys. Now, admittedly, they were on the second field. That's a long right. Way off. That's a long. Time. It's a little bit far, but you know what? If um, you know, at some point in time, watching Ben work yesterday, you know, being able to see what he was doing, 
Uh, you know, he, he talks about doing the basics, the fundamentals. From week one to week two, my pocket presence and awareness was, was better. Um, I do feel that I got a little lazy with my feet, um, which then in turn translated to a lazy arm. Um, and so there were some, some throws that I kind of dropped my, my elbow, if you will. I don't get too technical, but it became more of a three-quarter uh, release instead of an over-the-top um, when I didn't need to. There's obviously times you have to change your release point. Uh, there were too many throws that I felt, uh, looking back, that I, I just got to get my feet working. And that's Ben talking about what he was doing yesterday as right. we were watching it. Yeah. And Chalooch, what did you see? Uh, I saw kept uh, uh, going back and forth, uh, stepping up in the pocket. Right. Uh, you know, he didn't practice yesterday, but he was working with Matt right. Canada on his footwork. He wasn't in the teamwork, yeah. that sort of thing. He yeah. was, That was his rest point. He, he, and he didn't throw, he, per he se. Was, he, he had a day off, a uh, veteran's day off, which we didn't have. No. <laughs> No, he, but here's the thing that I loved, all right? He was out there, he was doing footwork right. drills, and he was doing them over and over yeah. and over again. It wasn't like, okay, let me just yeah, put in my time, boom, 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 and right. I'm done. He did it over and over again, and then he went to his release point, such as he was talking about. Now, he didn't really throw, but right. he practiced a smooth, over-the-top release, right. and he talked about the variables of the release point uh, when he does throw the ball, and that's a that's a big part of quarterbacking. Yeah. Um, but certainly, I was I was really struck by the fact that he's very seriously taking his fundamental uh, stuff from everything from uh, you know the 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 you know the where how he throws over the top to using his footwork where he's stepping with the proper foot in the right direction and making sure his base is solid and stable while doing it with a football, making sure to keep a high you right. know, the ball up high, tight, ready to throw a la Dan Marino. Yeah, would he's, you not say? he's working on his uh, fundamentals, but Dan Marino had the ball low. He didn't have the ball high. No, he did used to have it high. No, he did have he have it low. Well, we'll have to. I'll have to, to bet a sushi a yeah. sushi lunch on that because yeah, yeah. the one thing about Marino was his release, his high point. That they yeah, were but about. he he released. We high might point, have to. We'll talk to Billy this ball, weekend. He kept his ball low. Um, we'll <laughs> we'll discuss this further later. Re- remember, remember. Let's, 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 let's just move on, show. Okay. <laughs> All right. Getting back to Ben. Yeah. Getting back to <laughs> Brad. Uh, we're, we're talking about two big, strong quarterbacks. Right. Okay, we're talking about two guys that can run with the ball, two guys that um, – Athletic. You know, athletic. And big everything. arms. Yeah, now the biggest difference is, you know, probably the hair. I mean, I'll say. Yeah. Ben, Ben's got great hair. Brad had – remember that toupee he had? Yeah. The only thing missing was a chin strap right, on that Right, thing. right, right. Uh, ben was <laughs> – yeah, uh, Terry was bald. <laughs> that one toupee he wore was so ugly. I mean, that thing was bad, bad, but bad. But he didn't wear it a lot. No, he didn't. <laughs> Would you wear it a lot? No, 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 no. That one, that one was that was that was just an ugly, ugly toupee. But you know, comparing these two guys in much ways is like apples and oranges. You think about it, because yeah. Terry was in the run first era. I mean, everything was geared towards running the ball back, right? Then. And Ben is in the modern day passing era, right? And uh, you know Ben uh, uh, or or uh, Terry uh, was a, uh, uh, had a great arm, and uh, he threw more, threw it longer, uh, threw threw it long. 
more than Ben. Well, yeah, because yeah. they they went yard. You had yeah. Stallworth, you had Swan. Yeah, that's you know, Jimmy Smith, absolutely. T. Bell. Jimmy Smith is still the guy that got away. That I think right. was one. Of, he was he was went built to the greatness. USFL. Yes, he went to Birmingham. And, did great there. Yeah, um, had a number of excellent seasons there. But his, I remember his skill set was really. Right. I mean, he had great hands. Right. He was very fast. Um, Strong. Yeah, he was a 6'2 guy. Uh, he was just one of those. He was built like Stallworth, very yeah. much so. You know what I mean? And uh, he always impressed me as a guy that really had an ability that could have been, he could have been a, a really a, a great one. Right. You know, at least one of those guys that really developed his talent more looking over the whole thing. Um, but I, the biggest thing about it um, is you look at this is you go back to the Super Bowls that both these guys have been to. Right. You know, I mean, 4-0, that's hard to beat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Terry Bradshaw uh, was undefeated in Super Bowls, and he went to uh, six AFC championship games. Something like uh, that, yeah. And, uh, you know, he was, uh, he was a great he player. He a big arm. Yeah, he was a, he was a great player. Do you remember the stories they told of the one that one coach that walked in front of it and uh, took a headshot from Yeah, uh, Dick Walker. <laughs> oh, is it Dick Walker? Yeah, that's, that, that's Streets right. Walker. Yeah, streets oh, my walking. gosh. Uh, Dick Walker was walking uh, down uh, on the football field, and Terry threw the ball to uh, uh, Jimmy Smith, and it hit uh, uh, Dick the Walker in the brain. <laughs> Poor guy went down. Yeah, that was a hard shot. Yeah, you know what I mean. You look at the poor guy. You look at that, and you're thinking to yourself, "Oh, Gadzooks, man." I mean, that's that's a rough shot. Now, yeah. you would think that if if Bradshaw's out there warming up and throwing some some you know some hot shots to Jimmy Smith on an out pattern, you might want to like be careful where you're walking. Yeah, I, I I can't see how you walk in the front of that one. Yeah, and and Dick Walker uh, on the sidelines. Uh, he got stuck with uh, oh, our... That's right. The yard marker. The yard marker. <laughs> oh, oh, this is one of the one of those unbelievable stories that you think about yeah. uh, from time to time. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. He was looking up in the stands. I remember Tony Parisi telling us. He's a, yeah. He was a secondary coach for the Steelers, Dick Walker. Yeah. And he was looking up in the stands. The DBs. Yes. And, and the, the yard markers back then, the chain gang, they had these these uh, sticks that were pretty pretty yeah, strong. Yeah, with the pointer. They're po- they, yeah, they pointed because they're, 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 they're no longer no, pointing. They no longer, yeah, because they dug into the ground, yeah. right? So when when a sweep came to the sidelines, everybody bails out of the way, but Dick Walker, who's looking up into the stands with his back turned to yeah, the field. and he and got one, stuck in the butt. <laughs> right in the butt, and they had to stitch him up at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that was incredible. Right, right, right. Oh, my goodness. Well... The big thing is, again, you know, Ben having that 221st game, that's going to be significant yeah. coming up this weekend. Uh, give a lot of credit to Ben because, uh, you know, it hasn't always been easy waters. Right. He's, he's, he's uh, you know, he's had a great career, a magnificent career. Right. Um, and I look at the man of God that uh, he is and, and what a great leader yeah. he has evolved to. He's always been a great talent. Yeah. But his leadership skills have yes. just blossomed over the last what five six years and and i think uh the leadership skills has blossomed because of his love for jesus yeah uh and uh well you, you know, know yeah you, you love jesus you love your fellow yeah. man and yeah. all of a sudden you're more concerned about them and... right you're more concerned about them than yourself yeah, exactly and so you have that great bonding experience that brings people together and in doing that yeah. you know that leadership is cemented and it becomes so strong and i know one of the guys that he is looking forward to possibly 
uh, welcoming back into the fold was Dave DeCastro because right. we got to see we got to see Dave DeCastro on the field he yesterday. He practiced yesterday. He did indeed, Chalooch. Now, did you see the brace he had on? Yeah, no, I didn't see. The okay, they, he had a knee brace, and it was a ways away. Yeah. you know, we got to bring binoculars the next time we go down. Yeah, there to practice. you know, I had a, I had my binoculars in my uh, uh, backpack, but I didn't know it. <laughs> you didn't know it. No, get out of town. Yeah, we're sitting up there. We're we're getting blinded by the light. It was Manfred Mann all over up, right. up upstairs there. That sun was beating down on my poor bald head, man. Yeah, and I'm sitting there watching from. We were what uh, probably seventy yards away, right? Seventy five yards yeah. away watching, and we're looking down there, and we see the Castro out there, and it was. I'm I'm really glad, but he did have a knee brace. It was reported in the paper he has a knee. He wore a knee brace on. Um, the speculation that uh, you know you might have, I don't know, but it was on his knee. Uh, but he looked like he was moving. Yeah, he looked pretty good. Yeah, he looked. Uh, you know, uh, the knee brace looked like a medial collateral knee strain. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that that's what uh, you wear those for. Okay. Yeah. So you think maybe you got a bent in? Yeah. Okay. You got someone fell uh, on the side. Yeah. Some fathead, right? Yeah. Like you when you fell on my leg. Well, I didn't. Did, did I fall on your leg? Yeah, I don't you, remember. You 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 you, you broke my uh, spine. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Jacob, did you ever hear that story when I I drilled punch in the butt? <laughs> You know, he did. You know, uh, it was bad. It was so bad. We were out playing the Raiders uh, out in the LA Coliseum. So, so we're out there. We we got a game. uh, We're playing the Raiders, right? So we have a toss thirty-two trap on. I come around and through a a number of things that happen, um, we both end up going for the same man, Matt Millen. Yeah, you got there first, and I couldn't pull off, and I just poleaxed you right in the left cheek. Yeah. Man, you went down. Yeah. <laughs> I went down like a ton of bricks. <laughs> you, oh, it was, I mean, it was just pure impact. High right. speed. Right. I mean, it was my forehead right to, right to your spine shot, right in the keister. And then you got back to the huddle. You ran back to the <laughs> huddle. And, uh, well, you're face down on yeah, Millen. Yeah, yeah, I'm face down on Millen, and I and I get up and I and I drag my uh, foot back to the huddle. Oh, and he said, it. "Did you did you see who got it?" <laughs> I go, "No." And I said, "Oh, good." Yeah. So so there we are, right? We fly all the way back from L.A. I'm sitting on an ice bag. <laughs> He's sitting on an ice bag. I never said a word. <laughs> I, I'm sitting there going, can you imagine one of those Raider guys? Because, you know, the, the Raiders and Steelers, there was a lot of cheap shots thrown back and forth right. back in the day, as it were. So we're sitting there, and then we were watching it in films, and all of a sudden you – and it's dark, and, and, and uh, Ron Blackledge shows the film forward, backwards, reverse slow, slow motion, and you go – it was you, you turd, the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> I talked to I I talked to Ron uh, last Did you? night. Yeah, yeah. You talked to Blackie. Yeah, yeah. How's he doing? He's doing great. Oh, he sounded good when I talked yeah. to him a while ago. Yeah. Of course, he was admonishing you for not calling him back sooner. I know. You know, but that's typical. Yeah, I know? called him yesterday. <laughs> Very good indeed. Well, you know, the biggest thing again, talking about and wrapping this up with with Ben Roethlisberger. Congratulations to him coming this Sunday. 221st game. He's going to take snaps. Let me tell you something, Chalooch. I look at this game, 
uh, and see, you know, the ramifications coming up. I know this, man. That Houston Texans team is not going to come in and lay down. They're going to be hungry. They're going to be desperate. They're going to be focused. Uh, uh, we have a big challenge. We do have a big challenge indeed. They're 0 and 2. They don't want to go what? 0 and 3. Because if you go 0 and 3, um, I, I'm thinking they're out of the playoffs. That's exactly yeah. so. All right, but we're not. We're 2 and 0, baby, getting ready for the Houston Texans. We're going to be right back after this. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. When you hear George Benson breezing, it can only mean one thing. Jerry Dulac, the cool breeze from uh, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and Steelers Nation Radio. Brought to you by Frank B. Fuhrer Wholesale and Riley's Poorhouse in Carnegie where you can enjoy Coors Light Monster Mugs for $5.75 during all college and pro football games. Welcome to the locker room, uh, Jerry. How you doing, bro? Well, Tunch, I often wonder, I am I am well, I often wonder if it's Carnegie or Carnegie. <laughs> so what did I say, Carnegie? No, that's what I say. I say Carnegie. I say the same. I, say, that's I agree with you. We make it three here. I thought I said Carnegie. No, you, you did, did say Carnegie. Did. And, that's, and that's the way I say it. Yep. That's, yeah. yeah, so we're all in agreement. Hi. Carnegie. I thought you were <laughs> busting my chops <laughs> no. because I said Carnegie. Yeah. You know, I, no, no, no. I like to bust your chops a little bit, but no, I, I, say, it, I say it the same way. I just say I wonder sometimes, which is it? Is it Carnegie or Carnegie? Yeah. Exactly so. Well, I can say this. Jerry, what do you think about Ben stepping up and uh, becoming the all-time, all-time? All-time game player. Exactly. Well, I was just leaving it uh, open for Jerry, right? Yeah. Well, you know, the other thing he's going to be close to doing is becoming the all-time sack leader for a quarterback. Uh, but, you know, that's a, that's a misleading stat because, you know, fellas, I, I was asked this question today on, on my uh, on the chat I do on the Post-Gazette website. Right. And they were talking about the amount of sacks that he's endured. And I said, yeah, but prior – I mean, that was early on. Prior to 2019 – he was sacked 82 times in a previous four seasons. That's the fewest among any starting quarterback in right. the NFL. You know, and you fellas know they built this offensive line uh, it, it, with technique and everything to right. protect Ben Roethlisberger. That's the you know sometimes at, at the expense of of having the, maybe the type of running game that a lot of people would like to see. Um, but they do they do as good a job as protecting Ben in these last five years as anybody uh, in the league. But uh, you know, Ben's been, Ben's been at it a long time, and, you know, he's probably played more games than he should have. By that, I mean, you know, people want to get on him sometimes, national media, but, oh, 
he's a drama queen and why does he detail his injuries like that? But you know what? As, as was said to me a number of years ago, he is one tough hombre. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a tough guy, uh, Jerry. And, uh, you know, this year, uh, you know, uh, he is uh, uh, his leadership skills have very has matured uh, right. to the to the point that uh, he is when when he speaks he gives credit to all his teammates and uh, you know I love him for that. Yeah, and you know what else too, Tony? You said this yesterday. You know he's talking about Deontay Johnson, and he told him on Monday or Tuesday, "Hey, look, when we come out Wednesday or whatever day." We need to work on this, and we need to work on this full speed. Not not being critical of Deontay, just saying they need to try and get better with either their communication or or whatever it is. And and but but it's not he's not singling out Deontay. He was just using it as an example. But those are the kinds of things that he's been doing the last couple of years, like talking to other players. Look, we need to do this. We got to try and do this. Let me know where you're going to be, so I understand this and that about whatever it is you're doing. Just little things like that, the communication part, and working on things in practice and um yeah and i tell you the other thing that he's been and, and you know this goes back to detailing his injuries about being honest uh, with it that some people seem to be not like but he's been very honest about uh the kind of the rust and the 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 discomfort he is trying to shake off from not having played you know whether it was his awareness in the pocket stepping up uh, drifting in the pocket stepping aside uh this past week talking about uh, his his, uh, his footwork, lazy footwork leads to a lazy throwing arm. Um, these are all the things that he's trying to uh, uh, work through a- in his return, and uh, he's been very honest about it. He's not sitting there saying, "Oh no, I'm great. I feel great, better than ever," which he does. But he he is pointing up the fact that there are some things that he has to get back to doing quite naturally. And yet, fellas, five touchdowns and one interceptions, and they're two and zero. So if he's struggling, he's struggling pretty good. You know what I loved about it was, again, watching him as Tunch and I were talking about in the open uh, with Matt Canada and doing the footwork drills that I've not seen him do in quite a long time. And, I mean, with the diligence and quickness. and You know, I mean, I've seen him do footwork drills before, and, and usually it's kind of like one of those, it's all right, you check the box, you, you, you're done with it. But this was really very, very intense watching him go through it making sure to step with the proper foot in the proper direction so that his base was always stable. And then when he would go to throw, it would be emphasizing the throwing angle over the top without releasing the ball. In other words, not hard, just making sure the arm is relaxed for uh, as it was yesterday. But everything leading up to the launch point was all about being specific with your feet. And like you said, he, and like he said, uh, lazy feet makes for a lazy throwing arm. Yeah, and, and in part of that discussion, Wolf, he, he, you know, he was talking about, um, and, and this has always been Ben. He just talked about, you know, in, for years he relied on his throwing arm. And, you know, just like the way he approached the game, not saying he didn't, he didn't rely on the game plan as much as, or a specific play as much as he relied on his ability to make a sandlot play work or turn a design play into a sandlot play. Right. You know, he got by, he got by on that gunslinger, free-willing, a mentality, you know, when you, you when you watch Peyton Manning go back to when he played, you watch him in, in pregame, you watch him in practice, especially in a game. I mean, you know, very methodical with the with the footwork, boom, 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 back step, you know, set throw, 
Um, you know, Ben isn't like that. Ben isn't as mechanical. Surprisingly, as surprising as it sounds, he's more mobile than Peyton Manning was. Yeah. But um, I think, I, I think, uh, you know, Ben's reliance on, you know, the, the freewheeling style all those years, um, you know, like, kind of like, a, obviously like a Brett Favre, uh, you know, as you get older, and this is one of the things the Steelers have tried to emphasize to him for a, a, a last couple, three, four years, start playing with your brain instead of your brawn. And Ben, I think, uses his his experience right. a whole lot more. And I think he passes that on. I think that has to do with, uh, you know, the way he tries to work with the receivers. So everybody's on the same page. You know, yesterday, Jerry, uh, he was, uh, as Wolf said, he was working with Matt Canada. But he was working very diligently. Uh, he was working very intensely. Uh, and, uh, you know, Sean Payton uh, uh, said that uh, you build a quarterback from the feet up. Great point. Uh, and, yeah. uh, uh, you know, I, you know I, I agree because, you know, all you the— You agree because he was an he, Indiana State guy. Yeah, that's, he was a— <laughs> Sean Payne was uh, uh, he he coached at Indiana State and he played at Eastern Illinois. <laughs> He's one of those Indiana State guys, yeah, Jerry. Yeah, That's yeah, what it's about. Yeah, yeah, he was an Indiana State uh-huh. coach. Um, but uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I-, I wanted to say is uh, every West Coast quarter uh, coach. Uh, Mariucci, Mike Holmgren, Bill Walsh, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, John Gruden and uh, Andy Reid, they work on uh, footwork all the time. Uh, they work on football. Uh, they work on footwork. They work on uh, uh, the escape uh, back door and escape front door. Well, and, and, you know, and I think uh, uh, to uh, that point, uh, Tunch, I think that's uh, very important. You know, you know, I always love to say, uh, use a golf analogy when we're talking about other sports. One of the things the players today do with their power game, speaking when you say it's the, the you know, the quarterbacks built from the ground up, all the players talk about uh, their power comes from the ground up. It right. comes from the not moving footwork, but the, the strength of their footwork, uh, you know, the, using the ground to be able to hit it the way they do. And, and it's kind of the same philosophy, a little different, but the same philosophy um, uh, with quarterbacks. Uh, look, Ben, Ben, you know, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, uh, or will be. And um, he does it as well as, as anybody. You know, you look at his amount of victories. You look at his winning percentage. Uh, having him back, you know, I, uh, I was asked today uh, in the chat about, you know, is Ben hasn't thrown many passes over 20 yards. Is there a problem? I go, well, first of all, <clears throat> I saw a couple long passes down the sidelines of Chase Claypool already. Dante <laughs> Johnson was 28 yards. Oh. So how, so if, if you're worried about that, I will tell you this, guys. Ben Roethlisberger has, has completed five passes of 20 yards or more. Now, that's kind of middle of the road or even the, the lower half of the league. But Patrick Mahomes has only completed three passes of 20 yards or longer, and I don't think anybody in Kansas City is worried about Patrick Mahomes. Right. I think that's a great point, Jerry. Absolutely. Let me let me ask you this. What would you make out of Dave DeCastro coming back? We finally got to see David out there with all the other big shaggies, the other, the other <laughs> big uglies, as it were. And, you know, I, I don't know. It, the important thing will be how does he feel today, you know, because – it's always you go out and test it that first day, and you always, you kind of hold your breath 
for the second day, you wake up, right. see how it feels. Well, Wolf, as you know, each week I said, nope, he's not playing against the Giants. Nope, he's not playing against the Broncos, but he has a chance to come back based on what I was told against mm. the, the Texans, and, and here he is. And and the fact that, you know, they get away 2-0, and Ben's unscathed for the most part, only three sacks, uh, I think eight quarterback hits or nine quarterback hits or whatever it is in two games. Um, and, and the run game, as silly as it sounds or incredible as it sounds, they're the only team in the league to have two 100-yard uh, yard rusher in each of the first <laughs> yeah. two games. So, you know, they're getting by, you know, with new right tackles and, and a new right guard for now. But, you know, as they get some stability there, um, uh, obviously, and it, with the Castro back, it's, it's going to make them better. I will say this, though, fellas, I think what we need to see from the Steelers' run game is not – a couple 100-yard rushers because Benny Snell got 90 yards in the second half, and I'm not diminishing what he did. And James Conner closed out the game with the 59-yard run where the Broncos, with a minute and a half left, where the Broncos knew the game was over. But what I'd like to see is them come out and set the tone with the run game, and that's what right. we don't see. Yeah. So, so the numbers look the numbers look plausible, uh, you know, passable. But come out and let me see you set the tone. Almost do what Denver did. Last week, I mean, they came out with Melvin Gordon. They ran that. Uh, they ran that zone stuff and some of the mm-hmm. plays. And I'd like to see the Steelers be able to do that. And that's what we don't see from their run game. You know, uh, one of the things that uh, you have to be uh, as an offensive lineman, you have to uh, uh, think this way. You've got to impose your will on the will of the guy across from you. That's what uh, Chuck used to say. And uh, you have to come off the ball uh, and uh, uh, drive those guys off. But do you think they give them a chance to anymore? That's the problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's no headbutts anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and and I I agree with you, Tunch, and and, – I just think that um, if the Steelers were able to do that, I mean, that, uh, you know, I don't want to say that's not their mentality. Look, Bill Cowher's philosophy of mantra always was, you know, when you had Ben Roethlisberger, of course, you throw early to run late. And I get that. You try to build, you know, the the offense is built around Ben. So you're going to try to build your lead and control the game or get ahead with Ben uh, and then take the air out of the ball, as they say, in the second half. But, um, but at some point in time, you know, it, it would be nice to see them be able to do that early, to have that mentality. Look, I know they say, well, we'd like to run the ball. Well, a lot of, you know, with their technique and everything they do up front, it's not exactly built for that. But, I, I, I you know, I think when you're talking about a balanced offense, and, and that's, hey, that's hard to accomplish in, in the NFL. But when if you can run the ball early, that sets up so many possibilities, as you guys well know. You know, the only problem with that is you got to have a Hall of Famer throwing it to a, maybe a Hall of Famer catching it maybe Hines or hand it off to a Hall of Famer who's and, and you already gotta, there. And, and you have to have a Hall of Famer on the offensive line. you, you got to right? have all right. the Famers on, on the offensive line. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Jerry, we got to go to break, brother. Uh, thank you, Jerry. Uh, uh, God bless you. We, appreciate uh, you, brother. Yeah, appreciate you, brother. Always good talking to you, boys. All right, all right. we're going to take a break. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in a locker room. And that was Jerry Dulac uh, from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and uh, Steelers uh, Nation Radio.
No, I wasn't concerned with the type of injuries that have gotten the headlines um, here in the last 48 hours. I was concerned with injuries as it, as it relates to conditioning or preparedness, soft tissue injuries and so forth. And to my understanding, um, that has not been an issue. I think that's where my concerns are and I think were, and that's where a, a, the concerns were of a lot of people relative to, to uh, working remotely this offseason. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So, you know, Mike Tomlin was talking about that uh, and uh, the injuries, soft tissue injuries uh, for lack of uh, conditioning. But uh, the Steelers haven't had those injuries. No, it's uh, been the 49ers right, that have right. had injuries 49ers like that. have uh, Met life yeah. you know, stadium has supposedly been. But they checked the turf again. Right. They went back out and checked again. And it yeah. met all standards yeah. yet again. So makes me wonder. There's something that maybe the Steelers have been doing in prep for right. this season that the 49ers didn't do. Hey, yeah. you got to give it to Garrett Guillemot. you got to give it up to Marcel Pastor, the two conditioning right. guys. They made sure guys were getting what they needed done, getting done. And at times, to remember this, stuff happens. Right. You know, I mean, it, there's, there's a rash of injuries that some teams undergo – and there's no explanation for yeah, it. Yeah, and Zach Banner uh, was yes, the that's only right. one. Zach, yeah, and right, exactly. uh, Steph Wisniewski uh, uh, got a pack. Yeah, got a pack. But you know, I'm, I'm talking about all the ACLs. Yeah. All right. So, anyhow. Yeah, seven ACLs. Man, oh, man. Seven ACLs. All right, let's go to the phones. Uh, CR in Chicago. CR, welcome to the locker room, brother. How you doing? Good morning, you two old fogies. Here are in Chicago. How the heck you guys doing this morning, man? Beautifully. We're getting Just older and fogier. Well, you know what? Yeah, some of yeah. us are fogier than o- others. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and some of us are older. And some of us got older yesterday. So yes, he did, so- because it was a birthday for Chaluch. All right. So, uh, party. You know, uh, I'm happy for you, man. I know what it is. ACR. Uh, you know how bad yeah. it was? I forgot. No, I, I thought it was his 64th birthday, and it's only 63. <laughs> so how old am I getting? <laughs> oh, you, you you in the neighborhood. You in the neighborhood. I'm in the neighborhood, it yes. It doesn't really matter because because we got one one caller that calls in, and he says he doesn't like me calling you guys old fogies. <laughs> I do that out of love because I remember when I was your age back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. That was very good. Yeah. All right, what you got today, CR? First of all, I give a shout out to, to, to the Dirty Dozen. I, I appreciate you guys, and um, you know we uh, we all come together and, and work with this show together. It's um it's just a part of of, of being uh, alive, man. This is uh it is this, this is great. This is a great thing. Uh, real quick, I wanna I wanna backtrack. You was talking about the, the silo yesterday. That's out in Lake Bluff, right off of Highway 41. Right, silo. Uh, they, they got great pizza, silo. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I, I've been there a couple of times, and you said you played up against Waukegan because you know you're in that league. Yeah. Did you play at, uh, at, you play at, at Bulldog Field off of um, yeah. Lewis Avenue? Uh, yeah. Just caught north of Washington. Yeah. Right. I teach at Waukegan High School. I taught a class called Exploring Technology up there for about four years, man. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Uh, Waukegan has a lot of great athletes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
But uh, anyway, let's talk about some football here. I um, I'm I'm with you on the on the game here coming up. Uh, those guys are really really going to be desperate. Uh, they have to uh, they have to win from their perspective, and we have to beat them from our perspective. Uh, once again, we need to keep in mind too that this is kind of like just the third preseason game uh, based on the uh, you know the overall situation because we didn't have a preseason. So everybody's trying to uh, get themselves in shape to, to make things happen. Um, I do kind of like the um, uh, score early and, and run late uh, concept. Right. Uh, and I was also uh, thinking about what you were saying. I think it was you. Um, we were talking about the, the sweep, the um, – what do you call it? The, 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 the sweep, the um, – Jet sweep. When, when you – Right, the jet sweep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm because oh, I know who it was. It was a guy you had on the radio yesterday. <laughs> he was complaining about that jet sweep. He can't stand it because you got the quarterback in there with all that experience, and uh, you know that's what that's for the other team. So um, I kind of uh, agree with that. Uh, as far as this weekend coming, uh, what do you think we need to really, really be focused on the defensive side of the ball or trying to stop this this quarterback? Or the offensive ball side of the ball, trying to uh, got to focus on both sides of the ball, points. brother. Both, <laughs> yeah. bo- both sides of the ball, but, and you know, I I, I love the jet sweeps, uh, you know, because it's uh, eye candy and it keeps the defense flat footed. It it has its great points, but right. I, I, the one thing Jerry Dulek made a great point, and he says <laughs> you want to come out and set the tone right. with the running game, and yeah. we have yet to do that. And that's what I'd like to see us do. We here's one of the things about it. Think about last week against the, uh, you know, against the Broncos. You got two of twelve, yeah, two of twelve on third downs. That's yeah. that's not winning football, okay. And out of those twelve third down conversion attempts, you've got only three that are makeable of third and four. I mean, what we called makeable third right. downs. You want to get there. Directly correlated to third downs like that are lack of success on first downs, and that's what we, I think, are undergoing. We're not doing real well at times on first downs. Getting wins on first downs is directly correlated to success on third downs. And a win is four yards or more on first down. And, uh, you know, one of the things we didn't do, we didn't open with an effective running game, but we finished with yes. effective running. Now we got to open with oh, yeah. one. Yeah, we got to open with one. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So, hey, guys, I'm not going to take a whole lot of time today. Uh, we still got some um, uh, another day or so to talk about, uh, you know, who we Tomorrow's the scouting report, that. buddy. Tune in. All right, then. So, hey, uh, to all the Dirty 12, uh, take care, guys. Appreciate your comments. In the meantime, in between time. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Thank you, CR. Checking in from Chicago. Steelers Nation, Chicago. All right. uh, We're going to go to the phones. Uh, uh, Let's go to Nick in Tampa. Nick, welcome to the locker room. Hey, thank you, guys. Shout out to all the callers. Uh, You know, you guys have developed a brotherhood here uh, with all the guys calling in and loving each other and and blessing God and, 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 uh, and talking good football. I appreciate that. Hey, you know what, Nick? When when Art Rooney named it Steelers Nation Unite, I think that he really meant it. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. what it's about. It's about <laughs> uniting all the brotherhood and sisterhood of the Steelers nations and you know Steelers Nation fans. Well, look, I want to uh, uh, express a happy birthday to Tunch. I missed his uh, birthday yesterday, and you know what? Thank I you. I was on the line. I wasn't able to get through Tunch. And it's a shame because I had Barry Manilow set up the. 
<laughs> oh, that's good. Good uh, shot. That's a good shot, Nick. Hey, uh, you share a birthday with Mickey Rooney, with Ray Charles, with Marty Schottenheimer, and with Bruce Springsteen. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Man, that's a big time birthday. Yeah. I don't and, even uh, want to know who I do. <laughs> Springsteen uh, turned 71. Uh, really? My so, goodness, uh, you always think of him as being ageless, you know? So, uh, you guys are ageless. That's what I appreciate, you know? <laughs> hey, and uh, a little happy birthday shout-out, too, to uh, uh, Circus George, whose birthday is today. Yes. yes. Happy birthday, yeah. Circus George. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey look, uh, uh, what, what of these following things bother you the most? That the Steelers were 2-for-12 on third down. Mm-hmm. That they had six penalties for first downs, or that they fumbled the ball. Yeah, well, you know what, uh, the the rust uh, is going to be knocked off, uh, uh, Nick. Uh, and you know they're they're rusty uh, because the no preseason games, and we've been talking about that. Uh, you know the preseason games. Uh, Give timing, right? And uh, because you, you uh, in practice, you don't go full speed. Uh, you don't go the speed of the game. And uh, you know, one one of the things that you uh, accomplish in preseason games is timing. Here's the thing: I think about penalties. They're going to be taken care of. You're going to have referees uh, at practice, and you start to, when you concentrate them, they tend to, to diminish. Fumbles. Well, you stop giving the ball to the somebody that's fumbling yeah uh two or 12 on third down that needs to change because that's not winning football you're far and away from what you need to be offensively right it's by the uh, arm of of ben and big play abilities of some other guys that you can you know overcome it but we need winning football winning football has got to be more like 50 percent of third down conversions yeah yeah and so thanks nick uh we got to go to break we have a hard break uh uh coming up Thanks, brother. Thanks. Thanks. Bye, guys. Blessings. Thanks for blessings the, to you, man. Blessings to you. Thank you for the birthday wish. Uh, so he's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in the locker room, and we'll be back uh, with Bob Labriola. No, after... that'll be at 11:20. Oh, oh, 11:20. Yeah, yeah but, top of the hour. We we'll come I, I back. Thought, I thought we're going to come back and talk about how you share a birthday with Bruce Springsteen. Wow! Yeah, zoops, wow! Man, wow! Huh? Wow!
I'm fitting in pretty well. I think, you know, just having the guys that we have on our defense make it, you know, a lot better for me, uh, whether it's Butter TJ coming off the edge and, you know, Cam to it pushing up the middle. I think, you know, when teams have the game plan around those guys, um, you know, it makes it that much easier for me to just go out there and do my job. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. And, of course, that was the boss. Right. Rosalita. His birthday, his birthday is with yours, yeah. Chaluch. Yeah. Uh, that was in honor also of Jacob's dad, who's that's his ringtone right. for like the last 10 years. Yeah. And his uh, birthday tomorrow. Oh man, we got a lot of goodness going yeah, on here. Wish now him I gotta a happy ask birthday you, for do us. you: Do you have to listen to the whole Rosalita song before he answers? Or <laughs> oh, that's tremendous! Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, indeed. Well, thank I, you so I, much. I, you know, I my ringtone is "Hello, Goodbye" by the Beatles. Really? Yeah. I don't have a ringtone. Yeah. I don't know. That doesn't work for me. So Tyson Alulu, All right. yeah, uh, we he is. I haven't had a ringtone since I had the old flip phone, you know, yeah. with Heinz Ward. It was the Heinz Ward phone, and he would answer for you, and, and it would drive you crazy after a while. Yeah. After like three months, that I was like, I said to my my son CJ, I go, "All right, you, you got to get you got to get the ringtone off it because Heinz is driving me crazy. Yeah. Love Heinz, but him answering the phone all the time is driving me nuts." Hello, this is Heinz. <laughs> No, it was so funny. But I did, it was blessed by him, yeah. his own self. He was there. Yeah. I brought my phone. I said, now you got to bless it, you know, because it's the Heinz Ward yeah. special. So moving right along, yes, that was Tyson Alualu. Yeah. Tyson has been, um, as, I, as I've as i been wanting to say, he and Mike Hilton have been the secret sauce of the first two weeks. Dominant players. Dominant players, indeed. And they're going to need these guys to be dominant come Sunday. But one of the things you love about Tyson is his – selflessness to go to play nose tackle is not an enviable position you know it's not something that everybody puts their hand and goes oh make me a nose tackle yeah right 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 uh you know he dominated nick gates yes and he dominated cushionberry yes uh and uh he's got nick martin uh uh, of the houston texans this he's a big boy yeah yeah He's a uh, good player. This yeah. is this is the most solid center he's played against. Yeah, and, but he's uh, come athletic. so far. He's not big. He's two ninety five. No, they're they're not. Well, yeah, I was going to say none of them are real big. Oh, wait a minute, no, Titus Howard's a big boy. Yeah, yeah. He he looks. He's like a, but he looks like a panda bear. Like he runs. He just runs. Three twenty two and Zach Fulton's three twenty one. Yeah. And they're big uh, there. Uh, Max Sharping is three twenty seven. And uh, Laramie Tunsil is uh, three thirteen. Right. Nick Martin is the the, the small man. Right. But uh, Titus Howard, I watched him on a, a ninety three tackle trap. Yeah. He got stuffed by a safety. Yeah. I mean, stood up by a safety. Wow. I mean, he didn't he didn't rock him at all. I was watching him going, 
Is that all you're bringing? That body, that huge, massive body coming around on a trap, and you got a little number like 36 sticking it, you know, right. in your chin, yeah. and you don't blow oh, him up? Oh, no. That's, that's... Chalooch, I remember impacts that you had on 93s. You grogified guys. Yeah, I, I loved it. I loved It was bowling. a serious hit. Yeah, yeah, I loved, uh, I loved to tackle traps. Well, the thing about it is, you know, you get if you get the right guy who likes to run through, yeah. they think, you know, yeah. I got it, I I'm got there. It, I, I'm free. And, and then, then it's just like, boom. What? Boom, it's like a fly swatter. Plop! <laughs> you drop the bomb on him. Yeah. Oh, that was so much fun. Yeah, Those that days was, were... That, that was great. No question yeah, you, about you, it. You like pulling, too. Oh, absolutely, yeah, because yeah. you get that angle on a guy. Now, the problem with... Uh, for me, like on the 32 traps, a lot of them, it turned out, guys, yeah, you have to you turn up and me. dig them up. <laughs> okay. You're still, like, upset about that, aren't you? That was, like, what, uh, 20, 35, about 30, yeah, that 36 years, 36 years ago. Give it up. All right? The statute of limitations has gone out the window. You can't sue me no more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This, I polaxed you in the keister. Oh, what are you gonna man. do? You, you 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 buckled me. I, what I was gonna do? I, you know, you don't have. I don't have. You know, the horns were lowered. I was in full lockdown, head straight for Matt Millen, and then you beat me to the hit. And and, and you don't have air brakes. <laughs> Didn't have air brakes. I couldn't pull off. Yeah. <laughs> you were so mad at me on Tuesday yeah. in the films. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was a dark and all I could hear you hissing at me. You turned. That was you. You hit me like that. <laughs> all right, moving along here because Tyson Alu Alu is one of those guys along with Mike Hilton. Those two guys have been wow. kind of running under the radar. And I mean, yeah, you, you notice Mike Hilton, but right. let's face it, he's so short. Two sacks. <laughs> this guy's one got pressure. three quarter he's got three quarterback hits. Yeah. He's got two sacks. Um, he has been doing a great job in coverage. Yeah. Uh, Tyson Alualu's got a sack, five, six tackles. I mean, from the nose tackle position. Yeah. Um, and I, I look at this and I, I, I think about this guy as an unselfish pro because going back to the very beginning that we were talking about, Chaluch, it's not like every kid puts their hand up and says, please make me a nose yeah, tackle. Yeah, yeah. And why would that be? Yeah, because uh, nose tackles – um, Bob Golick uh, <laughs> talked about nose tackles, right? like crawling through four lanes of uh, uh, freeway traffic. Exactly. <laughs> Golick was great. Yeah. You know, I, his some of the you know his, we, sayings, his were, sayings were so good. Yeah, he, yeah. He used to kill me. Remember when we did the uh, Webby thing? Yeah. You know when we did a, a uh, the triple team. Yeah, yeah. We triple team. But do you remember when we did the? Um, the goodbye thing from Mike Webster. Right. And it was a uh, charity fundraiser. You yeah. know, we had dinner and all that stuff. Spina Bifida. Yeah, Spina Bifida. That was it. And and Golik got up and told that story. It was the funniest right, thing, man. Right, oh, right, it was right, so right. great. Yeah. But regardless, nose tackle is not one of those positions that gets a lot of glory. It takes a lot because you got to be strong and you've got to play wow. with a low pad level. And you got to take on double teams, sometimes triple teams. Inadvertent triple teams. You know, when the triple team, it was a mistake. <laughs> if it's a triple team, it's generally a mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No question about it. Yeah. Um, but I will say this about Tyson. Um, he has performed in a way that, uh, again, wow. I, I, hadn't, I thought he would do well. I didn't know he'd do this well. Yeah. Um, Mike Hilton is just taking another step, like, up from the uh, training camp phenom that he was when you picked right. him a couple of years back. Yeah. 
Um, so these are two guys that are going to be very important come uh, Houston on Sunday. Yeah. So looking at that, um, one of the things I was going to go to, by the way, oh, I, oh, I got to mention this. This is, did you realize at 7.12 a.m., all right, this morning, Asteroid 2020 SW, so named by NASA. Right. Do you realize how close it came? No. Oh, Gadzooks, man. At 7.12 a.m. this morning, a school bus-sized asteroid just went right past our Earth's surface with about 13,000 miles to spare. Can you imagine that? It came within – it was skirted over the southeastern Pacific Ocean, all right, down near uh, Australia and that, you know? Now, it was uh, New Zealand, that yeah. area. It came within 13,000 miles of the Earth. Right. That's, that, that's below the 22,000 is, is situated by or stated by NASA as being close Earth objects. Right. You know? Think about that. It got close enough that it, the gravity shifted that thing. It's a school bus-sized asteroid, about 15 to 30 feet in diameter. Yeah. How about that? Ah. I thought that was, like, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's go to the phones. Because you don't find that amazing. I don't find that amazing. <laughs> we survived a near hit by an asteroid, well, it, and it, you don't find that amazing. It, it would have hit in New Zealand. That did. <laughs> All right, let's go to Jordan in North Carolina. Jordan, welcome to the locker room, brother. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, you guys. How are you doing? Good. Jordan, I got to ask you, are you not amazed that we survived a, a near hit with an asteroid? Well, at least Australia and New Zealand did. <laughs> yes, sir. Always. All yeah. right. What do you, so I, I you're not I, amazed I I was, either. I, think, I thought I had something I prolific. I was more amazed you were below uh, uh, 300 bills on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good shot. That was good. I love that. Way to go, brother. All right. What do you got cooking? Because that's a nice way to come into the locker room with a, with a nice shot. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, I would like to um, – I, I wasn't sure if you guys were aware of this or not. I've heard it on some other shows. but um, I, And I was wondering when you guys thought we'd break the streak or not. There's good streaks and bad streaks. This one's definitely a bad one. But we've had 25 straight games where we turned the ball over. Are you kidding me? Wow. No, sir. Huh. All the way back to seven games in 2018 – or eight games in 2018. Wow. No kidding. 25 okay wait a minute 25 straight games of a, of a turnover yeah well, we, we we turned the ball over on offense either a fumble or an interception or all right we yeah. need to break that one yeah not a good streak at all <laughs> no not at all man Woo. okay well we get you know what we're gonna start like stumping for that all right we gotta start talking about no more turnovers yes sir yes sir um i wasn't sure if you guys thought this week might be the week or not or I know, I know J.J. Watt's pretty pretty fierce on that defensive line, but I'm hoping DeCastro will be back. Maybe he'll limit some of his stuff. But. Exactly. Well, I will say this. I, this would be a good week to break that streak. Right, Because right. Houston is going to come in. They're desperate for a win. They're not anxious for a win. They're not desiring a win. They are desperate for a win. Desperation means you run higher RPMs yeah. in the metal. Gord, and let me tell you something. Uh, J.J. Watt is one of those guys, as Mike Tomlin said, he rakes the ball. You know, right. He's constantly aware of it. And you see it in his brother, T.J. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's tripping the ball. And yes. uh, we gotta, uh, we've got to block him. Uh, and Chuke's got to block him. And uh, No doubt about yeah. it. So, and, and, and the back's got to protect the ball. Right. Quarterback's got to protect it. Wide receivers. But that 
Thank you for the uh, contributing there, the 25 straight games, because we need to break that, like, ASAP. Yes, sir. And, and, and who are you guys more worried about, Deshaun Watson or, or uh, J.J. Watt? Uh, Deshaun both. Watson. Both. Yeah, but both. I, both. I'll go Deshaun. Both. Yeah. Yeah, both. Yeah, yeah both, both is good. Yeah, Deshaun Watson, he can extend the plays. Uh, he can run. He can throw. You know, he's uh, he's a great quarterback. And uh, J.J. Watt is a great off, uh, great pass rusher. You know, he strips the ball. Uh, he uses his hands well, and uh, he gets to the quarterback. And he was three yeah. times defensive, defensive player, player of the year. NFL defensive player yeah. of the year, yes. Uh, all right, brother, anything else? Because yeah. we got to roll on. That's all. Thank you. All Thank right. you so Thanks, much. Jordan. Nice shot, too. Good way to go. Yeah, way, way to way <laughs> That's to... an opening salvo when you come yeah. to the locker room. It's always good. All right, so we're going to uh, go. Uh, Take a break gonna now. Break, yep. And we're going to come back with Bob Labriola from Steelers Digest. Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. All right, we wa- welcome into the locker room, all things Steeler, Bob Labriola, who we got to bring on for an encore performance this week. The official Steeler historian. There you go. Yeah. No doubt about it. Because I have to, I got to tell you, Labs, I love, of course, asked right. and answered. You know, I, I text you a lot over some of, I just... You just really got – I can hear your voice in my head uh, so much on it. It's, I love the two <laughs> linebackers uh, from the, exactly. uh, the tradition. So we're talking about the fact that uh, you had a, a, a question come in, and they talked about T.J. Watt and uh, Bud Dupree and how they kind of compare to other outside linebackers through it all. And uh, what would you say to that, my friend? Well, let me just clarify something because I'm already getting uh, emails – calling me an idiot uh, for not uh, having, including Jack Cam and Andy Russell. Now, the, the email said, since the Steelers switched to a 3-4 yes. defense, right. which outside linebacker tandem. So that eliminates Ham and Russell because right. they played in a 4-3. Yes. Okay. For all my many fans, I, because I know, all Steelers fans are listening to your radio program every day. So La- I, labs. I figure that this labs. is the way to reach the masses. Labs, do, um, you, do you think uh, Andy Russell should be in the Hall of Fame? Um, I, I certainly think that, you know, he uh, has a career that is worthy. Um, but, you know, the Hall of uh, – that, that's such a 
the Hall of Fame is such a difficult thing for me because, you know, it's an election, which means the popularity contest, because elections are by definition a popularity contest. And I've always believed that elections tell us more about the voters than the candidates. So, um, yes, um, I think that Andy Russell's career is Hall of Fame worthy. It doesn't surprise me that he's not in, though. Yeah, right. All right, now getting back to the main topic, because Chalooch just... What? You, you, you're tangent like me. All right? oh, going yeah, off on yeah, tangents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, guys, you guys switching roles on me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> cut that up. Exactly. Okay, um, well, you know, so looking back um, at the three, four outside linebacker tandems right. in Steelers history, that was about the question. What do you think is the, the, the best one? You know, and that's, that's a difficult, the best. I mean, what does that mean? It's like MVP. Um, but I was surprised when I, you know, did a little looking into it that just about every tandem since Merriweather and Hinkle, which I kind of uh, have decided since I right. get to write it, right. they're the first. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, um, because they, they were our they, teammates. They, all, of the, all of the tandems have some, you know, claims, um, you know, based on how you want to describe what best means to you. Uh, whether it's you know one season, uh, whether it's their careers with the team, whether it's you know the eye test, um, whatever. So just I'll just recap some of the the pairings that I considered: Merriweather and Hinkle. Their '84 season I thought was really good. You guys would remember that. Mm-hmm. Right. Twenty and a half sacks, five interceptions from two outside linebackers to me is a pretty high number. Um, then there was Kevin Green and Greg Lloyd, and I'll end the suspense and say that they're the ones that I kind of said picked as the best, and my criteria was this. Uh, in 1994, they were both voted first-team All-Pro. Yeah. So for that season, the Steelers had the best outside linebackers in football, and just to kind of emphasize that, Derek Thomas was second team. Right. He wasn't a bad player. Yeah. So, um, Green and Lloyd. I think Joey. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I'm, I, I want you to continue. Sorry, I didn't okay. mean to jump you. Then the next, the next tandem I consider was Joey Porter uh, and Jason Gildon. And I really didn't think much of their candidacy uh, until I looked into it a little bit. Um, you know, uh, they had two really outstanding seasons. 2000, they combined for 24 sacks, six forced fumbles, five fumble recoveries. 2002, same tandem, 18 sacks, four interceptions, 14 passes defensed, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. Mm. Now, what most people, um, I, you know, new generation of Steelers fans certainly remember Harrison and Woodley, or as Mike Tomlin always referred referred to him as Batman and Robin. Um, <laughs> in 08, 27 and a half sacks, two interceptions, five de- five passes defense, nine forced fumbles, four fumble recoveries. And then that same tandem came back in 2010, 20 and a half sacks, four interceptions, 10 passes defense, nine forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries. Um, I certainly, you know, I really couldn't argue with anybody who wants to pick somebody 
besides who I picked. Right. And I tried to make that clear in my answer. Um, but again, I, I went with Lloyd and Green because no other, you know, a lot of those guys never made first team All Pro. Right. As and and Green and Lloyd doing it the same year. Right. Hmm. I mean, uh, it just seems to me that the impact that the two of them had for them to get those kind those number of votes for that really had to be significant. And so, you know, my decision on what constitutes <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> excuse me, what constitutes best <clears throat> was best single season. You know and uh, you know, again it's all subjective and as I said, I really couldn't argue with anybody who wanted to pick a different tandem. You know, uh, I, I like the uh, Kevin Green and Greg Lloyd because they were intense, and those two were so competitive uh, in getting sacks. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Kevin Green told a story. Uh, Be careful! He, yeah, when he got a sack. <laughs> Well, what and Greg Lloyd said. Yeah, it was wasn't something we couldn't discuss here. But the yes, the intense competition that existed between the two, right, uh, was beautiful, and yeah. it, that really brought out the essence of what it meant to be two guys going to first team All Pro. Right, and I really think when you look at, you know, Steelers three four outside linebackers, it was Lloyd Lloyd and and Green who really kind of ushered in the modern era of the position. Mm-hmm. I mean, Merriweather and Hinkle, good players. Right. Again, very productive. 84 was a very good season, not only for them, but for the team overall. Um, but I really think that the 3-4 kind of blossomed, the Steelers version of it really blossomed once Bill Cowher became the coach. After Chuck uh, retired and Bill Cowher uh, became the coach, and the defense evolved a little bit um, away from um, what it had been more to the, you know, Cower, LeBeau, Dom Capers version of a 3-4. And I think that that's really kind of the foundation, even for what they're playing now. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, that, that staff uh, was uh, uh, Marvin Lewis – uh, you know, uh, Dick, Dick LeBeau, LeBeau yeah. and uh, Dom Capers. And... There's a lot of guys that wanted to throw heat there. Yeah, you know that's what I mean. Right. Let me ask you this, Labs. When you think about it, if you look at it from another aspect, if you looked at these guys and said, which of these groupings do you think had more to offer and didn't tap their fullest potential? I would go this way. I would say Harrison and Woodley. I, you know. Lamar was always, in my mind, he was destined for greatness, but he couldn't quite stay healthy. And I think there was, there was just um, there was a little bit more on the table I think they could have gotten as a pairing. Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I can't disagree with that. You know, Woodley kind of flamed out, um, you know, shortly after 2010. Um, you know, another, I, I would say the most underrated pairing. Okay, that's a good Joey one. Joey and Jason. That's true. Um, Joey Porter, you know, again, going back and looking at things, um, he was a heck of a player in in all uh, categories of outside linebacker play. You know, he and Lloyd, in my opinion, were the two best against the pass. Um, You know, and, and I measure that by, 
you know, their 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 stats, passes, defense, mm-hmm. interceptions, um, you know, what what they what they actually did in games uh against that phase of the offense. And um, you know, that's that's a difficult um assignment, let me put it that way, for an outside linebacker. Uh especially one who is also, you know, we all remember that famous NFL films uh footage of Bill Cowher just kinda, you know, tapping Greg on the front of his jersey and he's looking at him and saying, Just rush the quarterback. Yeah. Right. Rush <laughs> right. the quarterback. So right. when that is your 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 charge, your assignment, your orders, but you're also making plays against the pass, you know, in the backfield, covering people, uh, I think that, that that indicates a unique and special skill set to be able to do that. So, you know, to me, Lloyd and Porter uh, are both, you know, unique in that way. Now, obviously, I have not even considered T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree because they're still too in the infancy of their careers, in my mind. And so, you know, what they've done um, or what they haven't done, I think, really needs to be exposed to the test of time uh, to give them an opportunity to even be better. Or if one or both or one in a category is kind of a little bit of a flash in the pan. Um, but so I, I just thought that it was too early for those guys. I remember when I noticed that Jason Gilden was going to be a good pass rusher. Uh, his rookie year, he clubbed Rich Wynn Webb from the Miami Dolphins, a perennial all-pro. He clubbed them to the ground, wow. and he got a sack on Marino. And that that was, uh, you know, I was uh, I went up to him because I was on the sideline doing uh, reports for. Uh, I, you know, Channel 11, and I went to, to and I said, that was a great pass rush. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a key part of that game, too. Yeah. Um, yeah that was because um, that was the 94 Steelers. That was a, you know, uh, a, the Dolphins were very good then, uh, and it was a very close game, and I think that was in the fourth quarter. Right. So, that, the, yeah, that was a big sack at a, an important time of that game against a quality opponent. You mentioned Richmond Webb. He's a, is he in the Hall of Fame? I, I, I think – I don't know. Don't know. Let me ask you this, Lebs, because we got about a minute to go or a little bit more. But one of the things I would say about Harrison Woodley, they were part of the front end of probably – or statistically maybe the best run-stopping unit in the NFL at that time. Would you not say so? Um, well, they didn't they, – they were 08 was their first really – Okay. Um, 07, 08, they became starters. Okay. I would say the Porter, you know, the 01, 02, 03, 04 Steelers were really good against the run. And um, because I think they were first in the NFL in 01 and 04 for sure. Number one in the league against the rushing. Um, And that was a big, that was a big thing for, for Bill Cowher. I yeah. mean, really, if you couldn't play the run, you didn't get to play. Yeah. Um, because running at that time was, you know, teams actually still ran the ball on first down. <laughs> exactly. you know, they didn't come out in five wide, empty set, or uh, first and ten from their own nine-yard line. I mean, <laughs> that stuff just didn't happen then. But you can't really be surprised when you see that now. And, you know, the guy 
I hate to admit this, but the guy I think who kind of charted the course to uh, deal with the Steelers' uh, 3-4 defense was Belichick in the opener 2002 when they ran the ball a couple of times the first quarter, got nothing, and then Brady threw 29 straight passes. (laughs) I mean, he just decided – we can't do this against them. Yeah. We're not even going to try. All right. And then the next week, Oakland threw the ball 50 times or something. Oh, yeah, I remember that, that now. Opened, that kind of opened. Yeah, when Joey before. played the single dime linebacker out there. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, we got to roll on, Labs. But as always, whenever we start talking about history and numbers, uh, I bow to you, my friend. Richmond <laughs> Webb is I not did. in the Hall of Fame. Oh, and Richmond Webb is not in the Hall of Fame. But okay. all right. Well, all right, fellas. Thank you, you so much. Sunday. Appreciate you, and I, I do believe I owe you one. Yeah. Yeah, I know, and I'll check your email. I'll explain exactly what you owe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, brother. All, All righty. Right. That's Bob Lariola from Steelers.com, Steelers TV, Steelers All Everything, yeah. and the reigning resident historian. The historian of the, Pits- of the Steelers. Wrote the, so don't argue yeah, with him, right, Chalucci. Right. You can't be arguing with him no more. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll be back after this. looks a little bit more shiftier this year. Um, you can tell he, he's definitely got his feet under him. Uh, you know, he's had a myriad of injuries in the past, but, you know, he's really starting to, you know, get his legs under him and able to finish a lot of plays. You look at that, uh, the KC game, um, there's one run where he literally shakes in the backfield and shakes off and then literally bounces it out. Um, and it just seems like he's really got a, a good understanding, a better feel for the game now. Um, finally getting back in the groove of things. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. Hook it up strong! Absolutely. That's Cam Hayward. Yeah. Talking about David Johnson, and David came over from the Arizona Cardinals. Right. And I remember I was having a conversation with my brother Ronnie, who's like the touch of Arizona. Right. Uh, and he, you know, was telling me about David Johnson. He said, this guy is amazing. He says, this guy's a 500-pound squatter. And I mean, wow. butt, butt, to, butt to the ground. 500-pound squatter. Exactly. And for reps. Wow. You know, and he said this guy is extremely powerful in his lower body. Now, this was prior to some of the injuries he underwent over the last couple of years that reduced his effectiveness. Right. But watching from the tape thus far, I mean, you're talking about he's got 22 carries for 111 yards. Uh, he's clipping off at, uh, or whatever it was, I can't remember, 22 carries. But he's going at five five yards a clip. Yeah. That's pretty good. Right. You know, that is good stuff. So he looks like he's back at – full mojinated power there right. as far as uh you know 
what he's got going. So it's going to be a bear come uh, Sunday. We got to stop the run. Absolutely, you got to stop the we run. We got to stop the run. Cam Hayward's the perfect guy to do it too. Uh, and I think uh, Tyson Alu Alu uh, because uh, Nick Martin is not uh, is uh, two eighty six or uh, two. You know he he's not two ninety five. So he's not very big. No, he's he's not very big. Uh, the, but you know what? He's big enough. He's athletic enough. Yeah. Lloyd Cushenberry was was uh, around the same size, but he was soft. Right. You know, Nick Martin's not, not soft. Not soft. No, yeah. I don't. I don't see him being soft. Um, but uh, David Johnson. No, it was twenty-two uh, carries, hundred and eleven yards, five point zero clip. He's weighing two and a quarter. This guy's fast. He's strong. Got very powerful lower body. So right. Tackling him and and doing so in groups would be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Gang tackling. Gang tackling's always Gang preferable. Tackling, yeah. You're going to have to do that. And I think this is a Houston team that uh, obviously has some abilities uh, to come in and, and you know break that 0-2, and, and we don't want to. And, and you, we gotta we got to play uh, gap sound football because they run the outside zone. Yes, they do. And, and you uh, know what that means. Yeah, that's – The cutback. Yeah, we – All you got to do is go back to last week, Chalooch. Yeah, the Broncos. Yeah. Melvin what was Gordon, happening? Yeah, Melvin Gordon cut – Kept cutting it back. Has that not been a bugaboo for a long yeah, time? Yeah. And it is for a lot of teams. Yeah. Let's face it. Do you remember when the, the Houston Texans were first in the uh, NFL? We played down there. Yeah. Uh, and they ran the outside zone. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. I think Gary Kubiak was the head coach. I believe you yeah. are correct, sir. Yeah. And they had an excellent back who escapes me at this moment. Um, the fact of the matter is they had a very excellent uh, rushing attack. That outside zone, is especially like – I remember, you know, with with Casey Hampton. Right. I remember Hamp saying the problem is is that everybody gets strung out right. running. Yeah. And, he, and I said – because there was something something happened. I remember I said, Casey, I go, what – do you guys like uh, retaliate anymore? Do you have any, uh, you know, frontier justice? Because somebody took a cheap shot at him. Right. And I said, you know, he goes, man, they're so strung out when they run that outside zone. You can't even get into a pileup where you can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Right, right, right. So, you know, you look at this, Chalooch, and, um, you know, stopping the run's going to be big. I, I wonder if they're going to spy at all on Deshaun Watson because he's – I think he's they, a scary if, dude. I think that if they play man coverage, they got to spy him. I uh, if they play zone, all eyes are on the quarterback. Uh, and uh, you know, so uh, you know, uh, Devin uh, Bush would be a great spy because he is so fast. Good point. Yeah. Maybe maybe this is the time though. Marcus Allen gets right. An opportunity. Yeah, Mar. Oh, good he would point be a guy. By, Good point by you. See, this is this is an attack where I could see maybe Vinny Williams not getting as many reps as he has in the first two weeks, which I love Vinny. Vinny's yeah. leading the NFL in tackles for yeah, loss. On first down. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, no question on first down, even second down a lot in some in a, in a number of instances, depending on, you know, the down and distance, whether it's run heavy, pass heavy, and that sort of thing. But Vinny has been playing so very well, Chilich. He leads the NFL in tackles yeah. for loss. I mean, this guy's he, he's come out with a vengeance right. in the first two games, and I don't want to minimize his ability to provide great in you know great play in the game. Right. But when you look at the Sean Watson and you think, you know, if you play any man coverage, uh, you you need somebody. You know, as we saw, I I was watching some tape on uh, 
the last game, Jeepers, I can't think about who it was. Oh, it was the Ravens. And yeah. they, they were using a uh, a safety as a spy. Right. And Marcus Allen kind of fits the bill, if you know what I mean. Right, 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 So right. that would be interesting to me. I That's a possibility. But certainly one of the comforting things about this week coming up is the fact that Dave DeCastro hopefully He's will be play. back. Yeah. yeah, not that Kevin Dotson – Far outplayed expectations. Right. Thrilled for the young man. That's the way to come in and and make a statement about who you are. Right. You right. know, did you not think he played terrific? Oh, I thought he played well. I, I thought he was uh, good on the run plays, good on the pass, uh, good, good pass blocking. Right. Uh, and, um, you know, he uh, struggled a little on the twists. Right. Uh, on the run Which twists. Which is normal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the thing about people have to understand on a run twist, you set up, say, for a draw. Right. right? You pass the guy off, and all of a sudden you see at a, uh, you know, uh, some yards away from you, a guy coming on a twist. Well, you're not exactly sure where that back is in relation to you yeah. and how fast you've timed that up. So you don't know, do I release this guy, move on to the second level guy? It's always about don't let a guy cross your face or an opposite jersey cross your face. But you don't know right. when to release that yeah, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, not like a pass attack. Right. But, uh, you know, one of the things, you you uh, get on them and you drive. Right. Yeah. But the problem is when you see that second guy coming on a twist, Yeah. you don't know if that back is hugging you, you know, or if he's right. eight yards behind you. And that's the one problem that, you know, I, I could see him having a problem with it. I would have a problem with it. I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, like I was anything. I'm just saying, you know, experience-wise, right. uh, that I would have over him. So experience-wise, it's always tough. You've just got to get those reps. And, yeah. You know, I, I'm glad, though, that Dave DeCastro's back because if you're going to have him back, J.J. Watt's the man you want him back for. Right, yeah, because uh, J.J. moves inside and yes. moves outside and moves on the other side. Yes. Uh, and he's uh, – uh, he. You know, the he, one thing I always hated, because you never had this problem, but, you know, sometimes when we played, the other team would have, you know, a hot pass rusher, and you hated when they lined up on you because they're, they're looking at you like, you're the pigeon. <laughs> yeah. Hated when that happened. Yeah. So – Hopefully, Dave DeCastro will be back. Right. Um, we're going to need him. Hopefully, everybody is uh, healthy and raring to go because I'm telling you, a 3-0 start, how big would that be? That would be huge. Ooh, yes. That would be huge. And we got to be 3-0. We do. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, I think uh, Ben's going to improve. Yes. Uh, and the uh, chemistry with the wide receivers is going to improve. And uh, I think the chemistry with the offensive line is going to improve because David DeCastro is going to be there. Right, right. And I think Chooks is going to have a better opportunity to play uh, at a high level again with confidence. Not that, again, Kevin did everything he could want. Yeah. But, you know, uh, first start playing next year versus uh, five all-pro or pro bowls, you know, uh, that's that says something about it. So, Yeah. Do you think he's nervous? Uh, Chooks? Yeah. I would be. I would be, too. <laughs> yes, I would be. No doubt about it. Yeah. Well, it's been a great one. All right. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll have the scouting report tomorrow. Yeah, right. Now, you gotta, you're got you going to be in the lab. You're going to be getting yeah. the, the yeah. film work done. Yeah. You're going to come in. Do I do I need to bring Visine for you tomorrow? You know, no, you'll be staring no, no, at no, me no, with no, bloodshot no, no. eyes. I'm going I'm gonna, to uh, uh, get the uh, v uh, film's work done. <laughs>
get it done and chill out. Yeah. Thank you, Jacob. Appreciate you. Uh, thank you to your dad, who's uh, you know pioneering Rosalita for us. And uh, I want to thank everybody that joined us and uh, tuned uh, in tomorrow. Bob Labriola yes, and Jerry Dulac. Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate that, Chalooch. And we will see you all tomorrow, God right. willing. God bless it.